Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Mackie and Judd. Hello, gentlemen. What's up, Mackie? Um, We got Jace Frederick coming up to talk Timberwolves, and we have amazing Tom Thibodeau audio later on this hour. It's not often that we would literally just play like a segment from a different show. But we're gonna we're gonna basically mystery science theater three thousand a clip from Levitard show this morning in which Tom Thibodeau was on the show doing a pop culture quiz <laughs> with, with uh, Stan Van Gundy. Yes, so that'll be later on this hour, and we're just gonna mystery science theater three thousand with our little comments over the top of it, and let you guys enjoy if you didn't hear it earlier on this station. It was good stuff, <laughs> um, but. We did a segment at 5 o'clock yesterday at the top of the football hour where it's two nights ago on Monday Night Football, we had one of the, at least from my perspective, one of the dumbest rules in sports. A Saints player fumbled through the side of the end zone, and instead of you know the ball just being placed at the spot of the fumble, the other team gets the ball going back, and we had a big discussion about it, which, Judd, led to what we're going to do right now. Yes, so I decided today that it'd be a fun segment to do something on the three three of our favorite stupid rules in sports. And so, and when you say favorite, do you favorite, mean like like that you look love... at that you look at that you love to criticize? Okay, that you absolutely look at and say so this hate. is the dumbest, this is the dumbest bleeping thing. But it's so dumb, you embrace it. <laughs> it's like Collar said, it's fun. So the I, I eliminated out of the end zone since that was the main discussion point on the um, on the Tuesday show. Yeah, but I actually have four. But we each came up with at least three of the of what we consider to be the dumbest rules in sports. Did you guys do it too, Manny and Jonathan? Yeah. And, okay, and yeah. I'm so we have like twelve, thirteen yeah. dumb rules. And I'm and, and I'm willing to bet that that at least in my case, but I'm willing to bet that we all picked on sports that we actually like. Because there's always ways to improve sports that we embrace. Um, so mine, mine come from soccer, college basketball, and golf. Can I rifle these off? And sure. Then, I'm surprised you didn't do a little baseball. Well, baseball's got a few. I, I, this list could be 15, but of course, limiting <laughs> it to three. Go ahead. And and to be clear, these aren't like rules that are like that. I love that they're dumb. These are rules that I just think are dumb. Yep. That's how I interpreted the question. Yep. And uh, Jonathan, I hope that your earwax is cleaned out because the okay. first one on we'll my list this. is offsides in soccer. Yeah, it's on my list too. And Harrison hates us. Harrison hates so you guys bad. right now. I hate both of you guys yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. We had this awesome. big argument in the prep room about this. You guys are so. You guys, you guys. 
I wasn't even in the. Pre- you guys talked about this in the. Yeah. Pre- oh, we got a huge fight, and Jonathan got yeah, really we, mad. We stopped it midway because we wanted to save it for the air. So here's why it's here's why offsides in soccer is ridiculous. Okay, right, soccer already has a scoring problem where those dudes are out there for like Whatever. two and a half hours of real life time. And nobody scores any goals. Oh, shorter than baseball, at least. Well, it is. That's true. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. It's two hours shorter than baseball. So, so let's let's open it up for some more scoring here. Let some guys cherry pick in the backfield, right? Let you know. Let the uh, let the let the the strikers of the world kind of hide in the corner and wait for wait for a hail mary pass. But number two, the way in which they officiate offsides. Is is really impossible to quantify. So you're telling me that the lines judge or whatever that guy's name is with the shorts and the flag <laughs> on the side, yeah. that that guy's supposed to track sometimes from literally 50 yards apart when the ball was kicked and where the defender and the forward are standing at the time of the ball being kicked, which might be 30 yards down toward like the peripheral edge of his view. It's not possible. Okay, so, I'll, give you, I'll give you the second point. They're, they're starting to work on that with video-aided replay. Uh and they're telling they're basically telling officials if it's questionable don't call it we'll fix it with the replay which is smart okay because like you said it's impossible to track 50 yards apart the first one is dumb because it's such a wide field if you can't make up the space or if you can't use that space to your advantage then you're just not a good soccer team you're not a good soccer player but if i'm fast enough to get behind a defender why should that be held against me if the ball hasn't been kicked yet that's right. Silent. <laughs> I can see it now. National Football League game. Offsides, number 19. The 40-yard bomb from Kirk Cousins. Right, exactly. He just caught. Doesn't count. Can you imagine? Kirk Hold Cousins on. drops back to pass. Stefan Diggs burns his defender. Oh, the ball wasn't in the air yet when you went by the defender. I'm sorry. God. It's funny. One of the guys who has a dumber offside rule than me is arguing about offsides in soccer. No, I want to eliminate it. I told you this. In hockey, eliminate it. Let's go for more goals. Whenever you play high, uh, hockey but video look, games, the so first much... key is to get rid of the offside. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, and you know what? But look, you have so much space. If you can't use that space to your advantage, then you're just a bad soccer player. It's not that it's being held against you, your speed. <laughs> it's that you have so much space to use. I think Darwin should be Quintero, able to use it. I think Darwin Quintero should be allowed to cherry pick and just score whatever he wants. <laughs> would that would it not be more fun? There would be a lot more. I would, I would, I would, I would watch more soccer if that was the case. <laughs> would um, you really? Uh, yes, if it oh, no, I mean in general, if if games yeah. were five to four more often, that's why I when the when the loons landed Quintero and like every game they were scoring four or five goals for a minute there it was must watch. So television. you just want a guy who's just whose only job is to literally just stand right by right beside the goalkeeper, the opposing team's goalkeeper, and wait instead of having eleven or ten guys play defense or play as a Hold team. On, let me think. Yes. That, Not defense, good. sorry, but play as a team. Scoring his 57th uh, goal of the season. <laughs> Messi does that every year. The other two on my list of of dumb sp- of the three dumb sports rules are, I'll fly through them and then we can go around the room, mm-hmm. are five fouls in college hoops. I think it should be at least six. Mm-hmm. Because not only are it's it's a more cluttered space, the three-point line is short, so it's a more cluttered area, so there's just going to be more bumping and grinding. Uh, whistle-happy referees that just can't wait to be on national TV and call a foul. And the players are worse, so they don't have the body control that NBA players do. So instead right. of limiting the fouls, and guys have to come out of the game with you know 15 minutes left in the half, uh, I say six or seven fouls. And then fans being forced to be quiet in golf. <laughs> we see how fun it is. Except on, in Phoenix. Uh, right. The Waste Management Open, yep. which is coming up in like a month. And and we see how fun that hole is with 20,000 people, stadium surrounding. And those guys are sticking the ball within two feet of the hole. They're not distracted. 
if it's just steady crowd noise, those guys prove on that hole. If they're if those guys are like nearing hole in ones on that hole, then being quiet is a is a. Well, think sham. about this. Think about this. Does it take more concentration to hit a golf ball off a tee that is sitting there still, or to hit a moving baseball with a round bat? Moving baseball, absolutely. And and you can make as much noise in baseball as you want. And what if I added this? Does it is it harder with stone cold silence? To go up there, listening to your nerves rattle, and do what you're supposed to do. Or if there's like a little ambience, right? Let's flick look at a little crowd noise here, so I'm not like <laughs> drowning in fun. my own thoughts. I'm yeah. having fun. So those are my three, especially number one though. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, I had I had your offsides rule, but I, I had three besides that, so I'll give you those three or my three. My first one. This is the stupidest rule. It's a hockey rule. It's the embellishment rule, which is always mixed with. I hook you, you take a dive, but because you embellish the dive, you get a penalty for embellishing, but I still get a right. hooking penalty. It's one or the other. Yes. Hundred percent. So if you're so, so if you're cheating, if you're cheating and trying to draw a penalty on me, then that's fine. Then you get the penalty, not me. But they always even it up. It's never just one. Baseball, the more I think about this, the intentional walk. So I'm a great pl- so I'm a great player, right? Like you paid to see me. Phil Mackey put down the the price of the ticket largely to see Barry Bonds play. I am one of the great players. You want to see my at bats? I get up there, and now I put the sh- uh, the uh, bat on my shoulder, and the umpire says walk to first base. Yeah, like why? They would still walk him, but I yeah. But make a but but they might make a mistake. Yeah, and if they make a mistake, he can hit the ball. And then my third one, I go back to hockey, and this is not an on-ice thing. It's a uh, standings thing, but it drives me nuts. You lose, and you get a point. Yep. These are grown men. Moral victory. These are grown yeah. men playing. And by the way, if you do this, and, and I think Mackie and I talked about this on the old show a few times, if you do this right, you win or lose, now you go by winning percentage. Judd, you know what it is, and you're going to hate this. Eureka! It's, it's the admission that they know the sport is a crapshoot in one-game sample. So they're saying, hey, we're reducing a crapshoot game to a crapshoot five minutes here. We're just going to give everyone a point because we feel bad. <laughs> if you lose, you lose the point. No points. It's adults. Anyway, those are my three. Could, could I say the rule that that there has to be uh, five skaters on the ice? I think it should be three or four and open things up in the NHL or a wider ice sheet. Four would be fun. Four on four, the three entire three game would be so much fantastic. fun. It gasses, guys, but it's fantastic. Yeah. All right, so mine, um, this is one that I, like, just noticed in the last couple of weeks of watching, like, uh, conference championship games and everything in college football. This whole calling a fair catch on kickoffs and then you just get the ball at the 25-yard line (laughs) is the stupidest thing ever. (laughs) So somebody can just call a fair catch on a kickoff at the five-yard line and say, yep, fair catch. All right, we'll start at the 25. What the hell is that? It is weird. That's yeah. really weird. If you're going to do that, because I know the reason why they made the rules was, well, we got to we got to reduce kickoffs. Then just get rid of kickoffs. Right. Just just get rid of them. You're right. It's just it's just stupid. Um, the other one is uh, in Judd's favorite sport, the shootout in hockey. I used to be on board with it when they first brought it in, but now it's just it's just dumb. It's would you go dumb. to a tie or would you just? I would just call it a tie. I'd say let them play a ten minute overtime. And then if they if nobody scores, then it's just a tie. Three on three, too. Three on mm-hmm. three. Yeah. I'm with you. For the first yeah. five minutes. And then the second five minutes, one on one. One on one. Goalies. Yes. <laughs> or just, like, just, just go, literally goalies just shooting at each other. I'm with you, though. The shootout is so... It, people 
enjoyed it for like three years or something, yeah. it's done. I was on board with it when they first yeah. brought it in, but then I was like, yeah, I never liked dumb. it, but fans did, but now I think fans are done with it. Yeah. Uh, and my last one is uh, playoff seating in the NFL. I think even if you yes. win your division, if you have a worse record, then you should have to go on the road. The so Chargers, if you're the seven and nine Seahawks from right. 2008 and you're playing or whatever the 12th yeah, Saints, you 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 can go to the playoffs because you won your division, but you don't get a home game. Yeah, the Saints lost that game yeah. at Seattle, yeah. right? Yeah. That was, was the Marshawn Lynch game. game. Yeah, yeah, and the Chargers are going to have to play a wild card game, even though they're the second best team in the AFC right now. I I think I think the twelve best teams should go to the playoffs. Let's get rid of the conference idea in all sports. Mm. But I mean, in football. In yeah. football, if you've got a dominant conference, let's reward all those teams. Let's not yeah. say, "Well, we got to give the AFC team." No, you don't. Right, they're out. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, what are your what are your three? All right, so the easy one: spot foul for a pass interference in the NFL. Make it like college, just fifteen yard penalty. Otherwise, teams like they at the end of the game they can just throw it downfield and hope they get a pass interference on in the goal line, and then you're bam, you're on the one yard line. You didn't have to do anything. It's it's dumb. Make it a fifteen yard penalty. Uh, points for overtime losses. You said that. You don't get a loss, or you don't get a point for a loss in the NHL. Advancing the ball after a timeout in basketball confuses me. Like, especially if you just gave up points, you shouldn't be able to get an advantage for that. But it's it's the the explanation. I it is weird and it's out of context. But the explanation is pretty simple. It's we just want to make this more exciting, so let's move the ball. Yeah, further but how down. many times have we seen, yeah. especially in March Madness, where those full court plays are also exciting? Not very often. Christian Leitner, <laughs> Tyus Edney. Yeah, you, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. I get what you're saying. If though. you if you it's just gave up a point, you shouldn't be able to advance the ball. Now, if you just get a defensive rebound and you call a timeout, then sure, advance the ball. Mm. But if you just gave up a point, you don't get a you don't get an advantage because of that. That's just dumb. Well, the other part of that too is I think the rule is that if you like if you get a rebound off of a missed free throw or something, and you take one dribble and then call a timeout, yeah. you can't. You don't get to advance the ball. Correct. Or if you pass, if you if you do any, if you make a basketball move, basically, right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. My last one is away goals in soccer. If you have a series where you do a home and home, the away when you score on the road, it counts basically as double, and it's dumb. Just the aggregate should just be the counting or the final standing. I didn't even know that. That's yeah, really it's dumb. really dumb. Oh, yeah, that, I, yeah. So they have to come up with these ways to manufacture scoring, huh? Because because they have because they have whatever. offsides in place. I'm behind the defender. Pass me the ball. <laughs> whatever. Oh yeah, J- Jace <laughs> so Frederick on uh, Timber, the Timberwolves, Jekyll and Hyde nature, post Jimmy Butler trade, and later on this hour, some gold Tom Thibodeau audio from the Dan Lebitar. What is it you're trying to say? Now back to Mackie and Judd what? on fifteen hundred ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL broadcast studios. Uh, 494 eastbound, we've got a crash in Richfield that's uh, causing a 12-minute delay. That's between uh, 12th Avenue South and Highway 77, which, uh, of course, is Cedar Avenue. So be on the lookout for that. Also, 35E northbound in uh, near Little Canada, we've got a crash between Maryland Avenue and Wheelock Parkway, causing about a four-minute delay. Timberwolves forced the turnover. Bogey, we said he could run. He can also fly. <laughs> Man, that's going to be fun to watch in replay because that dunk sent like four kings flying off into different parts of the court. It's like- 
TCL uh, Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd Timberwolves play host of the Pistons tonight at Target Center. Jace Frederick, Pioneer Press, uh, joins us now also at TwinCities.com. And Jace, start you off with this one. Has Josh Akogi finally done enough? And judging from Tibbs' quotes after the game on Monday, it sounds like he probably has that even when uh, Jeff Teague comes back, the, the young man will find himself as some part of regular in uh, Tibbs' hard-to-crack rotation. Uh, I don't know about that, Judd. I, I would kind of maybe punt the brakes a little bit on that, just because, I mean, Tibbs said, hey, we'll keep looking for situations where we can get him in, but that doesn't sound to me like a slam dunk, like he's for sure going to play. And when it comes to Tibbs, kind of, I usually take the stance of assume the status quo until proven otherwise, um, especially with his rotations. He doesn't change those very much. Now, certainly Josh Okogi has played well. Tibbs has recognized that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's acknowledged it, but you know, I don't think it's any luck that, that Tibbs won't simply just go back to what, he had been doing before, which was kind of leaving Joshua Kogi out of the rotation when everybody is healthy and ready to go. Jason, I need your help then, um, because this doesn't make any sense to me from this point of view. Joshua Kogi is Tibbs' dream player, in my mind. Now, now mm-hmm. I know he's young and he's raw, and so there's going to be dumb mistakes that Tibbs can't stand. But like, if you were to tell Tom, Tom, I'm going to give you, I'm going to put you in a dark room with all the parts to a human being to build a basketball player. Part, I think a player that Tibbs would build is a Kogi. So, like, what what's the fear here that this guy is going to do to in- interfere somehow or not allow the rotation? Now, if a Kogi was a flashy player that Tibbs didn't like, I might actually get this. But help me out here. I don't get this one. Yeah, I think part of it kind of comes down to, in some way, shape, or form, how much do you trust a rookie um, and, and what they're going to do and what they're going to bring consistently. There's a little bit of an unknown. I, I think kind of throughout his career, Tibbs hasn't trusted rookies to the fullest extent and usually doesn't have them as a full part of his rotation. Um, now, he certainly did with Chris Dunn his first year here. Uh, Chris Dunn was uh, consistently in the rotation, but you're right. I mean, Okogie seems like kind of the perfect guy that Tibbs wants. He brings tons of, of energy, intensity, hustle, defensive prowess. I mean, it, it seems perfect, but I, I, I think part of it just seems like he likes Okogie, but he doesn't want to budge anybody else out of the rotation, and he's really set on the fact that we should play nine people in the rotation. That's the right number of people to get the guys the right number of minutes where they're constantly in rhythm and getting enough time to kind of get within the flow of the game. He said before we have 11 guys who are worthy of a rotation spot, and that includes Anthony Tolliver, and I just don't think he's comfortable budging anybody out or, or shrinking anybody else's minutes. And I think there are probably creative ways around it. Um, I just don't know if he's looked hard enough into it. Um, it. It is kind of frustrating, though, I know for fans and everybody. I mean, it seems pretty clear that Joshua Kogi brings an energy burst that helps this team, the players say it. it. He kind of rejuvenates them every single time that he goes out on the court. He seems like a positive. Um, he seems like somebody who helps them win games. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to not utilize him, but it just, I don't know, it, it's tough, tough to say what it is because I'm not exactly sure because Tibbs hasn't exactly said, here's why I'm not playing him. Um, it doesn't make sense, but I, I don't know. That's just kind of the Tibbs way. Not everything any coach does always makes sense. Uh, Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press, would you care to engage us in some reckless speculation? Absolutely. Reckless speculation. Uh, if uh, two-part question, how active do you think the Wolves will be at the trade deadline in uh, a couple months here, and which players do you think make the most sense for them to move in the next couple months, or or acquire if you've got some names you want to throw out? Um, I, I guess it would kind of depend on exactly how these next couple months go in terms of like the deadline. I mean, I think if, if this ship started to kind of sink. It would make some sense to move on from the guys who you're probably not going to re-sign. Like, Taj Gibson is going to be somebody who's probably hard to re-sign, depending on what he wants salary-wise. Um, I think Jeff Teague makes some sense, just because you look at it and you have the point guard depth and you see how well they play with, like, looking back at the last game Monday. Now, 
Sacramento did not play their full complement of players the entire game. That should be noted. But Derek Rose at the starting point guard, Ty Jones at the backup point guard, both guys looked really comfortable. Both guys played well. So if you have an extra asset like a Teague who you can potentially move um, to kind of free up minutes and space for everybody else, that makes a lot of sense. Um, other than that, you know, just like, like I said, Gibson, just because I just don't know how, if they're going to be able to resign him this summer, but he's such a linchpin to what they do. Um, I don't see them being that active, uh, to be honest, especially I think this group, they kind of like the way that they're gelling. They like the way the locker room looks, and they like the way they're playing in general besides that one bumpy road trip. So I would be surprised, I guess, if they were super active. I can only see that really happening if the bottom kind of falls out and they need to kind of make start making moves that look towards the future. I mean, like I would on the Teague front, I would be – very comfortable with a Derrick Rose, Tyus Jones point guard set. I, I, I think Jeff Teague is a better overall player than Tyus Jones. They're just they're very different players. But I think for what this team needs, I would almost put Jeff Teague third on that list. Am I crazy? And even tips, I think yesterday said that Jeff plays kind of an unorthodox game. That's not to say it's a bad game. Like it's been successful for you know about a decade now in the NBA. He's never missed the playoffs. There's a re- reason for that. He's a big part of their of each one of his team's successes. But just that unorthodox style, it's kind of like the Timberwolves seem to be playing their best when it's kind of a free-flowing, move-the-ball, get-up-and-down-the-court kind of game. That's not always Teague and what he does uh, best and how he plays. So I think it does make sense, maybe the other two, and kind of what they want to do on the court between Tyus and Derek and how they like to push the ball and, and I don't know, just kind of make quick decisions. That seems to kind of better fit this team and their personnel. Um, that's not, I mean, they've been successful with Teague, too, so it's not entirely fair to, you know, not ripping him by any means because – you know, they won games last year with him as their point guard, and they played well. But I think you're right. I just think that Teague and Tyus maybe, I mean, excuse me, Rose and Tyus just make a little bit more sense given the personnel that they have. And also, I thought Rose and Jones both looked more comfortable playing by themselves on Monday night as the sole point guard versus when they've kind of split the duties almost playing together on that second unit most of the season. What's your uh, take, um, Jace, on the Taj Instagram like on Saturday when Taj was at his aunt's funeral, I believe, away from the team in Phoenix? Somebody basically put out a tweet that uh, said Tib should be fired, and or I'm sorry, a uh, Instagram post that said Tib should be fired, and there was an, another one criticizing Jeff Teague, and somehow the Taj Gibson account liked them both, and then Taj came back and said, "Wasn't me," but didn't offer f- further explanation. Yeah, and I think normally, like, Taj didn't exactly clarify anything. He didn't say what happened or, or anything of that sort. So it's pretty easy to kind of look at that and say bowl. Um, and that's what I would normally do. But, I mean, just Taj Gibson and everything, we've come to kind of know about him and see how he acts and carries himself these last year and a half would lead me kind of to believe him. He kind of, I don't know, he, he's, he's kind of built kind of that, a, a lot of stock um, here. And, and it, it's just kind of makes sense to believe him because it doesn't seem like anything he would ever do. Uh, it kind of makes sense to me. You see a lot of these guys with their social media accounts, like other people have at least access to them. Like sometimes they post themselves for sure, but they also let other people, you know, maybe it's like friends, close family members, um, and they can kind of get in there and maybe like do like the ad posts or whatever. So it makes sense maybe if somebody else thinks they're on their own personal account and does it um, and then likes it, comment and turns out they're actually on Taj's account. That's just me totally throwing out some speculation, but there are other possibilities. Reckless speculation. It was fine, <laughs> reckless speculation, Jace Frederick. I'm very proud of Jace, you. Jace, what's you, welcome you, to the club. You. Jace, you've grown up in the social media era. What's what's the most embarrassing thing or uh, fireable thing that you've ever done on social media? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't. I really don't want to admit it. If if I even <laughs> had a really good one right now, because hopefully I just deleted it or something, and and we can just pretend like it never happened. I do remember when. 
I was interning at a place and I had access to another account and I tweeted something off my personal account. It wasn't like terrible and I don't exactly remember what it was, but it was something stupid that just a shirtless people, beer helmet picture or some sure, kind of yeah. you know, something like that. It was like I like took a photo of someone else I thought doing something stupid during class in college once and then I realized it actually posted to the wrong account and it was up there for probably like two or three minutes. But so I definitely have, have experienced the whole whoops, that's not the account I was supposed to do that on. Um so it does happen. Uh, but yeah, I can't think of anything other too bad. Hopefully nobody goes and takes the time to look something up that I did that was even worse than that. Um, I'm just going to pretend that anything I did in college doesn't, doesn't count. Chase um, Frederick. <laughs> I'm going through your account right... Oh my God. Go to go to Facebook or something. Find him and go back to the early okay, pictures. I posted like five times on Facebook in my life, so I should be good there, I think. I'm going through <laughs> I'm going through your Twitter account in the Wayback Machine right now. This is easy. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. uh, this, just, just, this just got uncomfortable. Jace, thanks for joining us, man. See ya. Hey, just let me know if you find anything, huh? Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we will. We'll get back to you, all right? Yep. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Bye. All right, Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. Reckless speculation. Uh, when we come back here, we have some Tom Thibodeau golden audio to, to play for you guys. It was on the Dan, the Dan Lebitard show from earlier today on this very station. And we're, we're just going to go mystery science theater on this. Tom Thibodeau being quizzed with Stan Van Gundy on modern pop culture. Wrap your head around that. Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokely. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, then. On 1500 ESPN. So on Levitard earlier today, and you can hear Dan Levitard with Stugatz, 9 o'clock to noon on 1500 ESPN. Stugatz. Uh, the Stugatz. On the ticket is the local hour. <laughs> so they, Poppy, man. They, uh, and a little bit of insiding here to our inside Timberwolves sources. The Timberwolves, at least a lot of people in the organization didn't know. I don't think this was set up by PR. I think Stan Ben Gundy probably sent a text message to... His buddy Tom Thibodeau and said, "Hey, we have a really we're yes we're we're clowning around on national radio. We want to have you on. I'll let you guys eventually click play on this from the other side. But just mm-hmm. to set this up, this is like and this is a full segment. It's like an eight minute segment. And I don't know. We'll keep our mics on and we'll probably be cackling too. But this is the Dan Lebatard show with Stan Van Gundy and Tom Thibodeau is on the phone. Van Gundy's in studio, and they're and they're giving." the two grizzled basketball coaches, a modern pop culture quiz is what this is. We'll just set it up that way. So Stan Van Gundy is with us, and he blazed the pioneering path of give me president and coach, I want both, and Tom Thibodeau ran in there after Stan Van Gundy, and he got all that power, too. My father calls him a butcher. He says he looks like a butcher. He should be coaching with an apron that has blood on it on the sidelines. And th- look at Thibodeau. We love his laughter. But he doesn't know anything about pop culture. He's uh, he's a bit of a pop culture. Zero. <laughs> is it zero? Who's going to win this? You or Stan Van Gundy on the knowing less about pop culture? Zero for me. <laughs> All right. So, well, Stan, says, you know, Tom, this whole segment is simply to embarrass both of us. That's right, right. that's the only reason uh, we're here. No question. Uh, Let's know how, how happy he is. I, 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 I had to wait for you to take a vacation to get back on the show. 
It's been a long time, man. It's been about five years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Now, Stan said the only guy that he could possibly beat in this game is Tom Thibodeau. He said you're the only. This is like a clash of the titans right here. All right, let's do this. Now, how do you want to do this, Mike? Is it game show format? I ask one question of one and one of the other. Let's start with Tom Thibodeau. Are you ready, Tom? I'll take a pass. Go ahead. <laughs> Two days after being announced as the host of the upcoming Oscars, this comedian stepped down due to tweets in his past. Kevin Hart. Wow. wow. Out Stan, did you oh, not know wow. that one? Stan, or you just I impressed? did know that one. Okay, yeah, very I did good. know that one. Okay. After Here you go, Stan. Yes, here you go. <laughs> Big, nice it didn't help me, though, because it wasn't my question. <laughs> but he's got a big first quarter lead on you. All right, well, fibs. After dating, this is for Stan, after dating Haley Baldwin for a few months, this pop singer got married at a courthouse in September. This is amazing. Who the heck is Haley Baldwin? <laughs> <laughs> Does Tom have an answer? Right, Tom, do you have an Tom, answer? Tom, you don't know that one, do you? I do not. All right, All right that's, yeah, that is Justin Ooh. Bieber. Justin Bieber. You've both heard of Justin Bieber, no? Oh, I have heard okay. of Justin Bieber, yes. Oh. Okay, uh, go ahead. This is for Tom Thibodeau. Name a movie that Chris Pratt starred in. I couldn't do this. I couldn't. Eat. I didn't. Yeah, I would. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go to many movies, right? You say you're, you're, you don't go. You're, you're basically hotel, film, not a lot of movies, right? Uh, off season, I like movies. Okay. Right. Where does he uh, go? Chris Pratt. All right, so now we've got, uh, Stan, you've got an story. ability to tie here. Are you ready? Uh, What's yeah. the answer to that one? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jurassic World, uh, Passengers, What's the answer? What's the answer? Yeah. <laughs> you know Chris Pratt? Like no do Chris either Pratt one of you? Okay. No. okay, very good. Wait, Tom, do you know who Chris Pratt is? No. Oh my okay, neither one of them know. That's fine. Uh, let's go. Uh, Ryan... <laughs> Tom Thibodeau and Stan Van Gundy on with us. Stan, this question's for you. Ryan Reynolds stars as a foul-mouthed assassin in which comic book movie? I love this. This is amazing. Also in Oklahoma. <laughs> Come on. It just came out. Just came That's not hard. Just Tom just came Thibodeau, out. the question to you. Do you know who Ryan Reynolds is? Do not. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This is crazy. Who's winning? I don't even know what to do next. Let's go. Who are we going to? Let's... It's one nothing, by the way, Thibs. Okay. Uh, let's go to Thibs on this one. Who is the host right now of The Price is Right? Okay. This is fantastic. <laughs> you got me on that one. Dan? I mean, Bob Barker. No! <laughs> no! I love that. <laughs> is Bob Barker alive? Yeah, he's, still, he's alive. Tom, you haven't been doing a lot of laughing this season. I mean, I'm, glad oh, no. <laughs> I'm glad you're over here laughing with us. Yes. Bob Barker's not still hosting that show? <laughs> that was good guess. <laughs> I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid. Oh. All right. Uh, this singer, whose latest hit is titled Thank You Next, recently ended her four-month engagement to SNL cast member Pete Davidson no, I, after I, the two had been dating for five months. I know this. So did I. Ariana Grande. Yep. Uh, neither way. Neither way. Ariana Grande. Woo! Oh! And how about that? Oh, he's I'm coming on the board. Wow. I'm on the board. He's coming for you. He's coming to get you. Oh, we're tied now. We're tied. By the way, Stan, the last time Bob Barker hosted The Price is Right was 2007. Still <laughs> 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 job then too so uh tom thibodeau do you know who ariana grande is yes oh do you know who pete davidson is 
I'm sorry. Do you know who Pete Davidson is? He's Barbara. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is watch fun. <laughs> uh, either one of you know who is married to Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> this is great. Is it Mila? Yeah, Demi Moore. Yeah. Oh, that's close. what I said. It's Demi Moore, Mila Willis. Kunis. It's yeah. close. It's uh, you know, yeah. Solid Ash- guess, though. Solid guess. Solid guess. Thank you. Solid <laughs> guess. <laughs> oh, he stole your thunder, <laughs> huh? We're, we're, only a, we're only a decade <laughs> behind. <laughs> I love, I love, Stan, that Tom Thibodeau is your cheerleader of support, of soothing support in this band. And they divorced in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you to picture this look like the family yesterday, feud. It was yesterday. <laughs> Where Tom Thibodeau. Is applauding. Good answer. Good answer, Stan. Um, okay. In 1993, Thibodeau, surely you knew about pop culture then. This famous TV show centered around a bar aired in its final season. Too easy. Um, cheers. Yeah. He, he would fit right in it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You could see Tibbs on the right. cast of Cheers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Him the easy questions. It, it, it was a softball. Yeah, it, it was. was. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, Thibodeau's talking trash. Let him talk to trash to me now. Uh, Stan, what was Vanilla Ice's hit song? <laughs> Ice Ice Baby. Oh! Thibodeau, oh! he is coming oh! for you. <laughs> That was an easy one. You know, but so was Cheers. Cheers was easy too. Come on now. Oh man, true, true. Did did you know the score? (laughs) Do what? Two to two. Uh, All right, they're always competitors. We're Uh, dead even. Are you out of questions yet? My God! All right, last question. (laughs) This is for either of you. Whoever can answer it wins. What is Spotify? Music, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Tibbs. Oh, my God. Wow. Now that you say it, now that I got it, yeah, I was just slow reacting. I think, like, my kids have Spotify. So. All right, we're going to let you go, but Thibodeau, real quick, just because we can't let you out of here just fooling around with the president and coach of the Timberwolves, just 30 seconds on the funniest thing or the best thing or the interesting thing or what the hell happened with Jimmy Butler. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, okay. That's it. That's it. Good talk. All right, very good, Thibodeau. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for your participation, right, Tom. All right, thanks for having me out. I love it. Oh, my Delightful, God. Man. How great is that? Why do these people tolerate us? <laughs> he asked if we were out of questions. Yeah, here, come on here and be an idiot, president and coach of basketball operations. I love it. He's like, I'm going to sneak a quick Jimmy Butler question in there at the end. And Tim is like, come on, dude. No. <laughs> Zero chance I answer that. <laughs> That's Tibbs, man. He's always like that, too. Yeah. Van Gundy did say, like, a little bit later on in that segment, too, before they wrapped it up, that, you know, Tibbs gets that sort of, he has that reputation for just being sort of this old, grumpy, you know, basketball coach, but he does actually have, you know, a pretty good, a pretty humorous, lighter side that a lot of people don't see. So, well, he actually, when he first got hired, we had him on two or three times, and he was great. And yeah. we even took a picture with him inside that fishbowl broadcast yeah. booth in the Skyway. And then, then we started teeing off. On and then things invites. started going wrong. Yeah, constantly. Those invites uh, weren't quite as quick to come in to the old inbox, but it's okay. <laughs> they will continue not to be if, coming if, in if they if they have a resurgence here and he remains coach and uh, it, it latches onto this thing. We might have to go make nice, go back to that fishbowl broadcast booth and. 
have our old friend back in. At what point am I am I going to have to pull out the fact that I still maintain he should be fired then? <laughs> When's that going to have to come off the table? Listen, Tom, it's good to see you, hey, but uh, I'm going to level with you. Tom, personally, I'd fire you, but that's just me. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. And uh, one crash to tell you about right now. Highway 100 southbound. Guess where, Judd Zolgad? Excelsior. Close. Minnetonka Boulevard. I guess Minnetonka last time. Minnetonka Boulevard and Highway 7 causing about Darn an eight-minute yeah. well, delay. What happens is like that. It, it, it's a, that when you go into that bridge or whatever and yeah. there's no shoulder and people get nervous and slam But in Minnetonka now, there, there's a big bridge. No, I mean. Or a big off-ramp. I should say not bridge. Did they change it over there? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about when you go under that. Is they've it, done a lot of work over oh there. Oh no, they've they okay. put we've in a Highway 100 and everything. They put in a whole area. nice um, lane to, to that, that you can get over to to get off on Minnetonka. Oh, they've done a lot of work. No people, just get it right. Quit screwing up my schedule. Uh, what are the polls we have going right now? Can uh, I suppose I can just pull them up here on my? my I got them right computer. here. Okay. Uh, poll no, number one off the uh, opening to today's show, which was me calling for the wild to bail. Is it time for the Wild to sell off and bail on the season? Uh, yes, bail now, 74%. No sneak into the postseason, as they like to do, 26%. What does, uh, what? so, wow, so how many, what percent said bail? 20, uh, 74% say yes, bail now. What does bail now mean to you? Bail now. Trade stall. Oh, yeah, exactly, yes. Okay. Yeah, trade stall, shop Dubnik, shop whomever you possibly can and make sure that they're gone by the deadline because your team is going to be lucky to sneak into that eighth and final playoff spot. And yeah, you know what? You'll be in for seven consecutive years, and what's going to happen? You're going to lose in the first round again. You hired a new, a new GM to advise the owner on the best course for this franchise, and the best course for this franchise is to hit the reset yeah. button. What is the most valuable thing you could get in return for something that you would trade? Yeah, like what? What's... So Eric Stahl, for instance, yep, what or could you conceivably get back for Stahl or Dubnik? Um, I think the the comparison on Stahl as you get towards the trade deadline would be probably a little bit more. It should be than what the Wild gave up uh, to get Hansel from the Coyotes a couple of years ago. So definitely draft picks and, and a prospect. And if you just shoot for one of those, so let, let's say you try and, and get a top prospect. Stahl is, if you plug Stahl into a playoff team as the number two center, he's incredibly valuable. He's older, but he's still good. So, and Dubnik, a good goaltender on a great contract with time left, that's a valuable thing. So, but I just, Paul Fenton, I think, has been very smart to sort of sit back and wait and watch and see, but there's going to come a time where he's going to say the realization of this team is we're we're not that good. And, and if you, if Craig Leopold wanted to continue just to make first-round playoff appearances, then you don't fire Chuck Fletcher, right? So you're going to have to you're going to have to part with some what you deem to be key pieces and upset your fans if you're ever going to. The simple way to put this, and I, th- I think we talked about this on the uh, nine to one show back in the day quite a bit, is what you did on July Fourth, two thousand twelve, just didn't work. Like Parisi. And Suter were signed to win cups. Well, they weren't signed to make yeah. the playoffs, and you didn't get close. But that's fine. It, I'm not even criticizing it. But at some point, the new GM is going to have to say, 
what does hitting the reset button look like? And I think it looks like trading away some key components right now for uh, potential future assets. Yeah, I mean, it, I, yeah, I guess I, I was going to say, well, it worked in that your franchise became relevant for six years or seven years, but it didn't work in that when you sign those two contracts, Stanley Cup is what yeah. you're signing those guys for. Yes. But it wasn't the wrong move. It was the right move. I you, you, agree with you completely. You, you probably overpaid for sure in terms of the number of years on the contracts. Mm-hmm. My fear now would be that as those guys get older, they, they're no longer, like, Parisi's no longer an elite player, and it'll probably take a little and bit longer. Suter's not for sure now. So After he broke the leg, he's not. But, like, let's say he takes a year to get the leg back and yep. maybe plays whatever. Yep. My worry would be that you're just going to be stuck in no man's land for the next five to ten years because those guys are taking up such a large percentage of your salary cap. Which means that... Regardless that, of what you do at this deadline. Which means that you do have to start to trade the pieces around them to try and build up around them. Like, you are sort of stuck, but there's things that can be done. And to and I think the dumbest thing that this team could do right now is say, well, if we hit two more hot streaks, we, we could potentially get into the eighth and final playoff spot because you're going to get bounced in the first round. There's going to be no long run here. So, And poll number two, our uh, 1500 ESPN Twitter poll, should Anthony Barr be a Pro Bowl selection, which astounds me that he was. 32% of the Vikings fans who have uh, voted among the 322 say yes. 68%, 68% have their sanity and say that he should not be joining Harrison Smith, Hunter, and Thielen on the Pro Bowl is there, squad. Is there another percentage, which would be the percentage, Ben, that I'm in, which is I do not care and could not possibly care <laughs> any less about Pro Bowl voting? I'm with you. Does but, not matter. I'm with you, but in this case, it stopped me because I kept saying, did I miss something? Like, I've watched every Vikings game. Did I miss something here? Did Anthony Barr, aside from a really good performance against the Dolphins on Sunday, was there like a series of games where I was drugged up or so drunk I didn't see this? I mean, maybe he's... And the answer could be yes. I think he's one of those guys that because he's when he does flash at his peak, he looks incredible and he's doing things on the field that that a lot of other guys can't do. So, you know, who votes on this now? Is it percentage? It's percentage of fans. It's one third coaches, one third players who don't care at all. One third fans. So players think he's an athletic freak and see him at his Mm -hmm. peak and think, oh, man, nobody can do things like he does at his best. Yes. Fans see the splashy plays. And coaches watch film and think, well, we have to account for that guy. So that's that probably explains it. It was still but the one again, that stopped me. But I'm with you. I don't care. And if there was if there was one all-star game, and I've said this for a long time, if there's the one all-star game that I would abolish, it would be this all-star game. I told Jonathan, too, off the air, because uh, we were talking about it last hour, and I said, you know, maybe it's a situation where that position is just kind of lacking overall. Like, outside linebackers is kind of lacking in the NFC, and Bar just ended up kind of being like like the de facto choice because and I to Jonathan I brought up the the year that Jamal McGlure made the All Star team for the Eastern Conference when he was playing for the Charlotte Hornets and he was just basically like the de facto starting center for the Eastern Conference because there was no other good centers all the other good centers were Shaq and Yao they were playing but linebacker the Western there's got to be linebackers I know, right but that that's the only thing I could center think of. I can see. In basketball, but linebacker. He's been a Pro Bowl now four years in a row. Yeah, so this is yeah. now oh, wow. a reputation pick. Well, if I if I had, if I had told you guys because this is Anthony Barr's now fifth year in the NFL, yep. it's amazing how time flies. If I had told you guys after his first season in which he's picking up fumbles and he sacks and tackles and he's just everywhere, right? Yeah. If I had told you guys 
He's only going to have nine sacks the next four years combined. What would your Ooh. reaction have been? My reaction w- would have been gross negligence by the coaching staff. Not putting him in spots to yes. hammer quarterbacks? The, the way that he got used against the Dolphins is always the way that I've said he should be used on a consistent basis. As he said, I'm not that good going backwards. I'm good going <laughs> forwards. And he is. So if you had he'd given me that stat and said it's going to be nine, I would have said, what the hell is the game plan for yeah. Barr on a regular basis? Yeah, he even like he looks more like Daniil Hunter than yeah. a classic linebacker, right? He's... He's he's an edge rusher. He is going. He should be an edge rusher. He should be a three four freak in 2019. Yeah, he would be incredible in a three four defense. I would mm-hmm. think. Imagine him with the Pittsburgh Steelers, or imagine him if Bill Belichick had him. And I and I'm, and I'm saying that Mike Zimmer is one of the great defensive minds in the NFL, and I almost feel like Mike Zimmer has been at a he's loss Jason for what Taylor, to do with. Right? Well, Jason Taylor is. I w- I wouldn't put him in the same sentence. As, no, but a, I'm he's saying like, diet Jason Taylor. But I'm saying you look at him and say the potential here is Jason Taylor. Don't the, or I uh, did. Don't the uh, Packers run a three four? They with Mike Pettin. They have. Defense? Yeah. If that comes close, I think that would be the one uh, time that if I'm the Vikings, I might slap the f- franchise tag right on my guy. Unless they want to trade Rodgers for Anthony Barr. All these idiot well, Packer fans who keep calling in. I wonder how Rodgers would feel about Anthony Barr being on the same team. Being on the same team as Anthony He'd Barr. I think it. if it if it helped Aaron Rodgers, if it helped take one of those stones off his back that he's <laughs> carrying around. Aaron like, Rodgers is not that good, you guys. I mean, come on, he's falling off seventy million dollar paperweight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, such a paperweight. If he's not healthy, I'd play the best backup that you have a chance with. And then going Well, really, the, the only season, backup, I mean, they got Boyle, but Deshaun Kaiser is their official backup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, Pat, go! It's the second deep side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really, really makes it. Yep. The resignation of it all. The football hour is next. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN.